to Inner Bloom, a podcast about how to live a happier, healthier, more harmonious life as you learn how to work with the universe, reconnect with your intuition, and bloom from within. I'm Alexa, a writer, producer, and EFT practitioner with a passion for all things metaphysical. And with me is my friend and co-host, Ambie. I'm Ambie, a physical therapy assistant, mom of three, an intuitive medium who has been communicating with the spirit world since the age of five. Some might call it woo-woo, but from our perspective, anything is possible, and we intend to normalize the abnormal by sharing our own life experiences as well as intuitive insights, channeled material, wisdom from special guests, and any other resources we believe will help our souls expand and thrive. Hello, all you bloomers. Welcome back to another episode. I am Alexa. With me is Ambrosia. Hello. Hi, everybody. And with us is our soul sister, Leah Liebler, who um, she's been on the show before, but she's back again. Um, She helps us lead all of our amazing retreats. And she you also might have seen her on our social media leading a moon ritual or two. Um, So Leah, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And not only am I excited just to be on this episode, but this really has been like a little reunion between the three of us. So totally very honored to be here. Yeah, we we've missed like your energy. Your when we're together, every time that me, Leah, and Ambie get on the phone, it's like <laughs> it feels like every time halfway through the call, one of us will just be like, "I just love you guys. Can we just always be together?" This like trifecta yeah. of energy. It's so nice. Yeah. So, would also love to point out again how we're all the same height. So we're very much yes. just like, always <laughs> on the same level. No matter what. <laughs> Literally, we're like the three yes. little, um, we're not hobbits, <laughs> but kind of <laughs> when we walk around. I it's, like hobbits. No, we yeah, do. they're cute. Fairies. We could be fairies. Fairies. Yeah. Three little fairies. Yeah. No big deal. Um, absolutely. Yeah, well, so um, today we are going to talk about the eclipse. We're going to talk about the moon. Bum, bum, bum. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> bum, bum. But... Um, but first, we want to talk a little bit about and give an update on our Lioness Leadership Retreat and three-month coaching program that um, we announced a couple of weeks ago. Um, so as we mentioned, Leah hosts all of our retreats with us. Um, she is like – what? I feel like there's a name for you, Leah. It's like Master of Ceremonies or – it's like, <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Some, Mistress of ceremony. I don't know. What what would you call yourself? You're so mm-hmm. ceremonial. She you lead ceremony. Like what do you call that? High priestess. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely. Ooh, I mean, it, it's hard to take on. Um, I think different uh, names and roles because I think with them, like just hearing like the word priestess, I'm like, whoa, 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 like that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm honored, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, from the moment I experienced sacred circle or ceremony, I always just felt like my world almost opened up for the first time. And I felt like that was truly where I thrived and where I want to spend as much time as I can. Um, I know a lot of times in our culture and our society, 
uh, there's just a lot of loneliness that goes on. And I know um, for myself, always kind of feeling like this weird, magical alien in this world that didn't understand me, Mm -hmm. um, but also being an empath where I just take on everything, I always felt alone. And even if that wasn't the case, it was a story that I created based on different things that I have felt and gathered. But being in sacred circle or in ceremony, none of that mattered for the first time in my life. And now I just kind of feel like I'm no expert, but I, I really care about creating these safe, sacred containers to really hold vulnerability and hold community and just really create a space for people to feel like they have a moment of peace in the world and a moment of being heard and felt and seen and also just a moment to connect with people who come from all different walks of life. And in this sacred container, um, there's still ways for people to feel connected to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really what I love to do. And anytime I'm in a sacred circle, especially in our past retreats, I really just try to step out of my own head and my own ego and really try to channel love. And I think Anytime you have a, you know, a sacred gathering, so to speak, it really has to come from a place of our hearts and a place of love. Because if we all bring our mental space into a gathering, we're not going to connect the same way that if we drop into our hearts and really just connect on like a one-on-one soul level, um, like that's where the magic is, is really by connecting to our hearts and with, with people in a safe space. Yeah. And you hold that space so, so well. And I guess, you know, that's, that's, and that's why, you know, when we connected with Leah, it was like Leah made it feel safe for us to create retreats. Like the three of us came together and it felt like Leah led us into creating these retreats. Um, Anyway, we have our third retreat coming up. And this retreat, if you haven't ah! – <laughs> This one's nice super nice. magical too. Like, wow. Can't even handle it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Do you want to uh, share about it from your perspective, Leah, since you haven't been on? Sure. I mean, it definitely – I feel like this one is very different from our past, which I know you've mentioned. Um, in the past, we've really had these retreats that were – all about kind of feeling safe and protected and really allowing yourself to be seen and kind of figuring out who you want to show up in out in the world. Where this one is all about kind of like ripping off the band-aid and uh, really stepping into a leadership role. And for me, it really excites me because I've been super shy and awkward my entire life. And I've also really felt called towards leadership. And that used to always confuse me so much because um, from my perspective, someone who's shy and awkward would not make a great leader. Um, but even, even this past year has really like broken me open for what I think a leader is. And I think Ambie actually said this to me and it was a huge catalyst where she was like, or I actually, Andy, I can't give you the credit. I think it was John. Um, Damn it. <laughs> he always gets the credit. Yeah. He kind of said like, you know, you need to change your definition of what a leader is. 
And that's when I realized that I had been holding on to this idea of what I thought a leader was. And I thought a leader was perfect and strong and they know everything. And the more that I listened to my call towards leadership, the more I found out that being a leader doesn't make you like not human. It doesn't mean that you are a teacher. It doesn't mean that you have all the answers to everything. It just means that you are stepping into service because when you're a leader, you're providing a service for people. And um, there's also so many different types of leaders. And obviously, like I said, I think a lot of times we think of leaders as being uh, loud and super enthusiastic and kind of having all the answers or being the first to raise their hand or the first to really um, propose a question. But there's also a certain type of leader that is very quiet and inward and um, it takes a lot for them to step into the role of a leader. And I kind of identify with that where it's definitely not easy for me to stand up in a crowd of people or to feel like I'm the one who's guiding something. But I am so deeply called to it that I feel like it's coming from such a powerful higher place. Like it's really, it's something that I can't ignore. And I try to for a long time and I'm just endlessly brought back to it. So for myself, I've really just been learning so much about leadership and how it looks so different for so many different people. And I'm also learning how important it is. Even if you're not trying to start a business or you're not trying to pursue something, we are all the leaders of our own lives. And the more that we learn about being a leader, no matter what we apply it to, it's only going to benefit us. So again, I'm no expert about being a leader, but it feels really incredible to be a part of a leadership retreat and a leadership program and to be able to share all this really like juicy information with people who are interested and feel called towards leadership. Um, so that's kind of my perspective about leadership in general. Um, and I know a lot of that will really be tied into and incorporated in the retreat. Um, but outside of just focusing on leadership, there are so many like juicy things that are going to be shared, like EFT tapping, channeling. I know we're going to be doing some forest experiences. Um, I know Leela's going to be there with her amazing like life coaching money management, all that, all that goodness. So yeah, yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited. When you for I'm going to speak about you because I've seen you take charge and lead. And when you do it, you do command a presence. I don't know if you realize it, but you do. And it's not as though for some reason I'm like picturing Donald Trump. I don't know why. But it's not like that. You remind me of that. No, like, no, it's not like that type of energy at all. But a lot of people, I feel like, um, associate leadership with that type of energy, like the very dominant, loudest person in the room. You get heard the most. But yeah. sometimes, and I feel like most times, people pay attention and they really want to hear the person that is really diligent with their thoughts, very deliberate. And you are that way and you are soft-spoken and you do pause in between your words because you're very deliberate and very intentional in what you're saying. But it also has everybody on the edge of their seat on what you're going to say next. And so that is a 
that is a dominant force in the room. And your energy definitely is the dominant energy in the room. And it's a great energy to be in the presence of. Mm, I Thank agree. You. Thank you so much. And that was from me, man. No, I'm just <laughs> I love John. Screw John. <laughs> no, my own words. Um, I was going to say something similar, Leah. Um, I, Ambie put it so beautifully, but I was going to say, you know, you have the, um, I, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but it's like a, it's like the strong silent type, but that's not exactly what I, I mean. But, you know, it's, it's, you create space around you that feels very potent. And, and it's exactly as Ambie said, it's like you hang on your words. And I think, and I think what you said is so, in, how you describe this retreat, how you describe this experience and leadership and all the different variations of leadership, I think is, I mean, I was just hanging on the edge of my seat just now because I was like, oh yeah. my God, that's so true. That's so beautifully said. And then you said something about like, you said something. I'm going to have to listen back, but I was just like, oh, that's a quote right there. I've never heard that before. Um, and, you know, and I, I think, and I think we learned this at the last retreat too. We were <laughs> actually, I remember at the last retreat, we were like, Leah, you're a leader of leaders. Yeah, I'll never forget. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. you show people how to lead. Like you – because like Ambie and I are like can be super like high energy or just kind of, you know, like whatever, flying by the seat of our pants. And I Leah – What would you say? I feel like I can get like that too. So. Yes. No, you can. But I think you're also very um, cohesive and very um, – very, yeah, intentional. And anyway, I just appreciated how you – shared that there are all different types of leaders and I think everyone listening to this should uh, should think about that and let that sink in that just because maybe you've never thought of yourself as a leader does not mean you're not a leader and just because you're not you know like we said loud and outspoken and always the first in line and and whatever does not mean that you're not meant to lead others um you know you can lead others just by living your life like you can lead just by setting an example by example yeah, yeah. so <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah I feel I feel called to share a story that actually I'm not sure if I even um shared with either of you but I know when we were leaving the retreat last time we were in the lobby and I ended up bumping into someone that I knew do you remember yes, that remember. yep yeah so that ended up being this really incredible moment for me that really just kind of topped off the whole weekend. Um, but like I was saying, you know, and what Ambie and Alexa said to me, how I'm a leader of leaders, like taking that compliment was hard because I don't identify with that, but hearing it, it definitely resonates somewhere, but a lot of insecurities and self doubts want to come up and like, take that away from me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I had been doing just a lot of thinking about, you know, what that means for me and all this different stuff. And um, I remember pulling an Oracle card before um, I went to the lobby. Someone had offered me a deck and the card that I pulled was mentor. And it said how a mentor would come into my life and and how I was a mentor and, it, you know, it had a lot of really beautiful insight to share. 
And then it got me thinking. And I've had this realization in the past where, you know, the things that I'm really called towards and interested in are not things that you can necessarily, you know, go get a degree in in college. You know, they're things that you have to learn on your own or take various different trainings or classes or meet the right people. And I feel like my journey thus far has really been filled with a lot of that stuff. Um, But I'm always kind of looking for a mentor or someone to take me under their wing and kind of learn from. And I pulled that card. I go into the lobby and boom, I run into this woman who lives in New York City and I had met at a really magical time. And when I met her, I felt like she was my mentor, but I didn't, at the time, I didn't have the courage to really bring that up to her or didn't want to stress her out with it. And we ended up sitting down and really having this incredible conversation. And I told her about, you know, my entire life being called and pulled towards leadership, but not really understanding what that meant for me and always feeling like I didn't know what to do with that or it wasn't the right time or people wouldn't take me seriously or I have nothing to offer. All the self-doubts that come up when I think about myself being a leader and something she told me that it's kind of, you know, maybe to someone very obvious, but when she said it, I feel like I had never heard it the way that she spoke it to me. And she looked me in the eye and held my hand and she said, you will always be too young, too old, too pretty, too ugly, too annoying, too frustrating for someone. Like there's always going to be someone that doesn't think that you're all the things you want to be. And you cannot let that hold you back from doing what you're called to do. And it just blasted my heart wide open. And I had realized that anytime I try to do something and I decide not to, or I let myself out come up, it's because I run that in my mind where I'm like, I'm too young. People won't respect me. People won't take me seriously. Uh, what's the point if everyone's going to laugh at me? It's like all these self-doubts really come up and those are not important. And I always go back to that now in my head where it's like, I'm too much for something and someone, but that's not going to let me hold myself back from what I'm meant to do and what I'm supposed to do. And that's really powerful, but also it's, If you think about it, it's like, okay, so let's say you held yourself back and you're like, I'm too much, so I'm going to be this. Then you're also too small for someone. So it's like if you're going to make every – if someone's always going to have something to say, whether you do it or you don't do it, then just do it. (laughs) Yeah, you can't make everybody happy. What's the point of trying? You just got to make yourself happy. Yeah, it's really not even worth considering um, anything bad that could happen. And another thing, like I I recently, um, this knowledge I tapped into was just like, I think when we step into leadership positions and we're facilitating something or running a program or event, we always worry about what, like what bad things could happen, whether it's, you know, you're leading a meditation and you're worried that there's going to be this massive outburst of music or noise or something. It's like, Whatever we do that we're pursuing, there's always going to be a level of worrying about the outcome or how it's going to flow. And another thing to really take from that is just going, um, okay, like problems could arise, shit could hit the fan, and 
you kind of need to improv off of that. So like, if, like I said, if you're leading a meditation and this giant noise happens, it's like, yeah, you could worry about that or it could happen and you could just improvise and you could turn that into an entire experience. So yeah, there's really a lot of ways to work around problems and it's really not worth focusing on it. It's really, it's, it's easy to say. I understand that, but there are tools and there are ways to overcome obstacles and there's always going to be obstacles and it's very important to just push past them every opportunity that you can. I think that goes hand in hand with trying to be perfect or trying to push something out that's perfect. Like I'm going to wait until this video is perfect or I'm going to make the perfect video or I'm not going to release this because it's not right yet. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people at this point have heard that it's just a form of procrastination, but in the same regard, it's the same as being too afraid to host an event because something might go wrong. Things might happen, yeah, but things could happen and you not host the event. Um, it's it's exactly like uh, Jim Carrey's story. Have you heard about his dad? I think we... No, you guys haven't heard that story? Oh, my God. It's so cool. So um, his dad... He tells a story about taking chances and taking risks. And um, his dad was a very um, good comedian. He says his dad was funnier than he was and more on point than he was. But he was always too afraid to leave his corporate job. So he never pursued comedy or acting or anything like that because he felt it was too unsecure and too unstable. And after 30 years at the, it was like 20 or 30 years at the job, they laid him off with nothing. So Jim Carrey's point is that just because something looks more secure and stable doesn't necessarily mean it is. So you should take the risk and take, pursue what you want to do, no matter what could happen. Definitely. I love that. Also, I was going to piggyback on you, Ambie, when you were saying um, about the perfectionism. I saw a quote today that said, fear is a perfectionist. And I was like, damn, that's good. That's good Um, and one I can definitely relate to. Um, But yeah, you know, I was actually having a conversation with a couple of friends today because I've kind of experienced a shift a couple – within the past couple days, a shift of my own mindset of, you know, like I'm – we have a lot of things going on here, a lot of different um, things we're involved in, a lot of different businesses essentially we're running. And um, a lot of that involves talking to people who want to grow, like, and offering them opportunities. Um, And some get interested and then they kind of shy away. And then some are like, okay, I'm doing this. And, you know, everyone's kind of at a different place with it. But we have these different conversations with them. And so there is something that's coming up that I was talking to a a couple of people about today. And it's it's several – months off and they both expressed to me they really wanted to do this thing um but that they were um essentially that essentially they didn't know how they were going to afford it so they can't and it was just kind of this like immediate answer like I really 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 want to but don't know how I'm going to make it happen so mm-hmm. and my not my old response would be totally got you been there understand 
But this time, like what I was hearing more was I really want to, but this. And I got on like a voice message with both of them and was like, I'm hearing you say that you really want to do this. So if it's true that you really want to do this, like do you want to stay where you are or do you want to stretch? Because – and if you want to stay where you are, 100% okay, completely. But if you want things to change, couldn't this be an opportunity? Couldn't this be an excuse for you to actually energetically say yes to stretching? You know what I mean? Because if you say yes to this and you want to say yes to this, then it actually gives you the reason to show yourself you can do this. You can create this. You can change this way of life for yourself. And I just feel like I'm moving into a new space of like I'm challenging myself on the daily and also challenging others, not because I want to make them feel uncomfortable, but because I feel that a deep part of them wants somebody to challenge them, wants somebody to say, wait a minute, like this is your life. Is it constantly going to be, oh, I don't, oh, not enough. So like, and then you miss these experiences you really want to have when we are powerful creator beings and have the ability in any moment to change our circumstance. We just need a reason and an inspiration, you know? And like, that's the type of leader I want to be. Like, I want to be the person that didn't just say, okay, you're right. You got you got it. I want to be the person that's like, wait a minute. Like, you really want to do this and this is possible. Like, let's work on this. Like, let's shift our perspectives here. So uh, anyway, I just feel – I just really resonate with what both of you are saying and I really feel like this is a powerful message and I feel like this is – this is just a powerful message in general, whether you relate this to our retreat, which I think takes – this all plays into quite a bit, taking a chance, stepping forward, investing in yourself for the long term, like for a huge growth opportunity, um, or whether it's relating to just, you know, something in in, in your life. Um, I feel like this is a message that's just asking you to consider – you know, do you want to stay where you are or do you want something else? And if you want something else, are you willing to stretch for it? Hmm. And what are you willing to do to get there? Yeah. And I'm glad that you ended that with stretch because what I was thinking is um, it really does become like a muscle. So every time you push past an obstacle or a big fear, you become stronger. And the more you exercise that, that muscle just continues to grow until you move into a space where uh, things that you thought were impossible were mountains that you couldn't push. Suddenly there's a path that opens up for you and you don't have to push anymore. And you just follow what you're being called to do. Absolutely. You show yourself what you can do. Absolutely. That's so true. And that's the most important thing ever to, to know because like we can sit here all day and talk about, oh, you're so powerful. Oh, you're such a creator, oh, that, and it feels good. But until you actually put yourself on the line and show yourself that, until you kind of like put your own money where your mouth is, or I don't know a better phrase for it, you, you, you 
you do it, you make it happen for yourself, you don't actually physically know that. You can see it happen to other people, but when you do it and you see it happen to you, you're like, wait, what else can I do? Oh my God, I just did that. I didn't think I could do that like three weeks ago, whatever. Yeah, you become more creative with um, your ideas for yourself and your life. Door, like your, I feel like your universe widens, your world expands because now you see like, oh, I've been telling myself my world is this big and my boundaries are here, but actually my boundaries are now they're here, so maybe they're actually like out here. You guys can't see me because I'm, I'm, but I'm doing the hands. <laughs> There's a visual example. There's a visual it. example. <laughs> um, something that I want to jump off of yeah. that also inspired me. You're getting me going. <laughs> <laughs> But um, something that comes up for me is this idea of self-love and Mm self-care. So, yeah, we hear it all the time and we associate it with a good thing. But what comes up for me is that term self-love or self-care becomes a really big enabler for me. Because I'm like, oh, it hurts. Oh, it doesn't feel good. Oh, I need to take care of myself. I need to love myself. And and not um, touch that area that bothers me or hurts, or I don't want to disturb myself, or I should just rest, or I'll do it tomorrow when I feel better. So it's like I definitely in the past have used self-love and self-care as a big enabler. Um, And I recently read a quote that said, self-love also means Mm, self-discipline. That's a good one. And that rocked me because, like I said, I'm aware that I use that as an excuse, but now it shifted my perspective about it where I'm like trying to find the balance between self-discipline and self-love because leaning towards one side or the other is never going to be the ideal outcome. I I love, go ahead, Ambie. A marathon, running a marathon is a really good example of that. Um, So I ran two marathons in my life, one half, one full. Wow. Damn. And um, it is very painful. And if you're not prepared for it, it, you're like done. I don't want to do this anymore. This is a terrible idea. Fuck the whole thing. But um, it challenges you physically. It challenges you mentally. And it makes you really feel like, what else am I capable of? If I could do this, what else am I capable of? I mean, it's pretty insane to think that people run 26 miles and pay someone else to run this. Like that's insane to me. Whoever thought of this was a genius. Like we're going to get people to pay money for them to run outside. (laughs) But anyway, my point is that when you train for a marathon, you don't just get up one day and start running. Like there is a guy who did that, but it's one story that I read out of like a lot of stories. But the point is, is that runners are, are, are very weird people in the aspect of they like the physical pain. You like the feeling that you're out of breath. You like the feeling that your muscles hurt. You like the feeling of hitting the wall at mile one, mile three, mile 10, whatever mile that is for you, you hit a wall where you truly think like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to die. But you still push past it. And then once you achieve it, it's that I did it. I... I did it. I didn't think I could do it, but I did it. My half mile or half marathon rather and mile. So it's 13 point. What is it? 13.6 miles. I think 13.3. I'm not for sure. 13 point something. 
at mile 10, I literally couldn't walk. So I am hobbling three miles because I was going to finish that race come hell or high water. But my, I trained so hard for my full marathon after that, that I had no problem until I hit mile 26. And then I walked the rest, like the quarter mile. So it's just, it's just that mindset shit. My, hold on, help me. Mindset shift. Yeah. Thank you. It could actually be a serious situation happening, but um, it's that mindset that you need to change because once you do it, now I can say that I've done it. Am I going to go do it every weekend? Eh, It's not my thing, but I can say I've done it. So that's pretty fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You show yourself that you're capable of more. And also just going back real quick to um, Leo, what you were saying about like self-love, um, you know, I just got this image that's like, well, because what we think of as self-love is like, oh, you need to come home and relax. You you just need to like shut the world out type of thing. That's love because the world is so hard. And it's like, well, what do you as a human being want to achieve in the world? If you as a human being want to achieve being a speaker and a writer, and I'm just, this is just an example, but you know, if, if you want to be out there inspiring people, then coming home and watching TV and not working on your dream is not self-love. That is self-harm because you're you're literally abandoning your dream. So if if but if what you if you're for example, if you're what you do every day, you're so fulfilled every single day and you're you're like a, I don't know, I'm imagining a nurse or something like that who's like holding babies and I don't know, just doing a lot I with poop on them. Yeah, getting poop on them and, and and having to deal with people a lot and you're giving so much to other people, for example, then yes, if coming home and taking a hot bath or like vegging out or whatever, yes, that is absolutely self-love because you're recovering from from the th- your your passion, you're you're recuperating, you're recharging. So I think it really depends on like, and you have to ask yourself this question, like, what is my dream? And that's how you'll know if what you're doing is self-love or like self-harm essentially but my point like and i obviously i didn't make this clear because i got off on a tangent my point is that sometimes self-love hurts yes yes sometimes self-love doesn't feel good and so we shy away from it like my tummy tuck is a really good example yeah i want to be comfortable in my clothes i want to be comfortable looking at myself naked in the mirror and i had to have some and i want to be comfortable laying on my stomach And I had to have another human being cut my body open and sew me up. And I am in a lot of pain in this moment right now. I'm not comfortable. I'm not happy. I don't want to be here. I want to go to sleep. But like, I'm just being real. But this podcast and this message means more to me than going and going to sleep. Because I can go to sleep in a few minutes. And that going through the surgery, going through all of that, is more to me because I know what the goal will be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. It it goes back to the stretch. Yeah, you gotta you stretch, stretch yourself. You yeah. gotta. You no pain. I don't like that. I don't like that. No, yeah, I don't like that. No pain, like no pain, like pain. Because actually, that's not true. If you're working out and you're in pain, um, you should yeah. probably stop. Yeah, couple of reasons. Agreed. Agreed. But. But just there should be something that rhymes with comfortable because it's about being on. Un- you're going to be sore when you're growing. Yeah. That's what Ooh, they mean yeah. by no pain, no gain. 
you will be sore the next day because actually what is happening is on a scientific level, your muscle fibers are tearing. And when they're stretching, they're stretching, they're tearing, uh, they're actually breaking down a little bit. But when they build, they build stronger. And when they build stronger, that's when you see the growth or the definition in your muscle. Yo, that is so cool because that show, first of all, number one, it tells you right there, the way that muscle builds shows you right there that the human body freaking heals itself. Like, are yeah, you kidding me? The human body like knows what it does. Your human body is always trying – the human body, if you take an anatomy class or like – if you take anatomy, it's fucking amazing what your human body can do. I want- your human body is constantly trying to – measure different levels of chemical reactions in your body to keep you in homeostasis at all times so you don't die. You know why you pass out? It's because there's too much blood leaving your brain. And so to get the most blood to your brain, you hit the floor. Go down. You go down. You go level. You go away from gravity. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. That's fucking crazy to me. Your body knows we don't need gravity right now. We're done. Get her out of here. No, we need body, gravity. What? Uh, no. Uh, well, yeah, you like, so if you're standing up like this, the blood goes down, right? Again, right. it's going with gravity. Oh, okay, got but it. But if got the it. body goes. It needs to spread out. It needs to spread out. It yeah. needs to lay horizontal so that the blood can distribute evenly back to the brain. Yeah. So anyway, the, the point is, is that your body already knows what you need. So sometimes that discomfort is for your highest good and your benefit. Yeah, Exactly. I get so exactly. excited about the body because it's no, amazing. it's so exciting. It's, it's so, so awesome, and it shows you too that when you rip, when you tear, when you stretch, when you do something that causes you a little bit of pain, it actually rebuilds you stronger. You 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 expand in that area, just like the muscle. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, so the question is: Is it worth being a little tight on money, for example, in the uh, upfront, in order to have the financial uh, income of your dreams? Hell yeah. Like 100%. Is it worth being uncomfortable with like your, I don't know, like spouse for um, like a, a little bit in order to invest in yourself to develop a better version of yourself? Like, yes. Like, uh, it doesn't matter what you apply this to. The, the point is, whatever the discomfort is, is it worth it to sacrifice this little bit of time of discomfort for ultimately the next greatest version of yourself, the dream version of yourself? Yes, because that version can handle so much more. And it's in your heart for a reason. Yeah, that's what you're working towards. Um, also, I just realized – sorry, I had to open my window. I just realized uh, we, we, were, we said we were going to talk about the eclipse and the moon – and we didn't do any of that, um, but but maybe we can end. Maybe we can end with a quick little. Are you eat. supposed to set your intentions tonight on the new moon? Is that right, or am I wrong? Okay. No, you're right. That's the new moon. Leah, Leah is like our moon goddess, goddess specialist. So Leah, since we just went off on a, which I really liked our conversation and never wanted it to end actually. Um, but I agree. I feel. <laughs> like wild right now like everything we're talking 
be all excited and I'm like, oh my God, what do I do with this? Energy? This is the moment, like after you're done listening to this, this is the moment where you get off and you go talk to somebody and they're like, what are you doing today? And you're like, I'm fucking taking over the world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. And you're like, you have like a Jerry oh, Maguire moment. <laughs> oh, it hurts to laugh. Keep going. Oh no. Oh no. All right. Yeah. So I definitely think it'd be nice to, to kind of wrap this up with a little recap about what's happening in the cosmos right now. Awesome. <laughs> so I know before we, I think, started recording, we were talking a little bit about how there's just such an oversaturation um, in social media about astrology and horoscopes and zodiac signs. And I think it's all perfect, obviously. And uh, there's definitely a lot of contradicting material out there that is supposedly representing the same type of uh, cosmic event. But I really think it's okay as long as you find what resonates with you. And if it doesn't feel good, it is not fact, you know. Yes. It's really just trying to break down all these different archetypes and energies and elements and people interpret that differently. So obviously the way that the information is shared comes across different. Um, so just always make sure it feels right. And if it doesn't, disregard it because it is not fact. Um, but th the way that I'm kind of viewing this new moon in the sign of cancer is really relating it to the concept of home and cancer is a water sign. Uh, it's the, the crab and it really means like you, like the crab's shell is its home, it's its safe space. It's what protects its soft watery energy from the world. And when we think about home, there's definitely different levels and layers to that. Um, I think everyone's interpretation of home is also very different and that can definitely relate to like your childhood or your past or really whatever has come up in your life associated with the concept of home. But the way that I like to think of it as really like three parts, which is um, like, your home, like your inner world, like your mental space is like, that's your first glimpse into like what home is. That's where you live all the time. And something to think about is how are you nurturing that? Like, is your inner space, your inner world, is that a good place? Is that a place that you're comfortable? And if it's not, what can you do today, tonight, tomorrow to really shift that or reconsider how you show up in your own inner world, in your own home. That's your first home. And then outside of your mental space, there's your physical body. That's definitely your home that, you know, protects everything going on within you. It gets you around. It protects all your bones and organs, you know. And then obviously, so I guess like mental space and our bodies can kind of be wrapped up as, as one home, you know, who we are as people, that's home. And then going into an actual home, like what you consider home to be, that can also be very different for people, whether it's a van, a tent, a sidewalk, or a small apartment, a big house, like it looks different for everyone. And what people kind of desire home to be looks different for everyone. So some people might want to live in a castle and some people might want to live in a tent. You know, I think it's important to have a clear idea of what you want your home to be like and to never settle 
with where you're at or what you're living in. If it's not your dream home, go after it. And again, everyone's dream home is different. And the next um, big home that I think we can consider is the world, like the globe that we live on. Um, I think this whole month and the month to come, there's going to be a lot of people and a lot of news and information being shared about these new um, ideas or concepts about how to repair our home, our world. Um, I think Gaia has been taken advantage of um, intentionally and unintentionally. And I really challenge everyone with this new moon to really set intentions for how you can show up and take better care of the world. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Obviously, when you look at world issues, it's very overwhelming. And it can feel like there's absolutely nothing that you can do to fix it. But you can show up in really small ways. And, you know, if that's too overwhelming for you, always go back to your inner world and your inner home. There's something that you can do there. You know, you might not be able to feel like you're in a place where you can join a big organization that's focusing on cleaning up our oceans or landfills, but you can definitely do one thing this month that um, repairs, you know, anything that's uncomfortable within your inner world. Wow. That, I just got so many visuals as you were talking and you could have talked for a much longer time because I don't know, I felt like I was in a trance, but that was so beautifully said. And I kept getting this vision of you know, we're going from like the planet to, you know, your home to inside you and seeing how – I love how you said if that's too overwhelming, like it's essentially like go smaller, go smaller, go smaller. And then if that's too overwhelming, it's like how can you just heal or or do something to shift your inner home? Because that is – people think that's not powerful. Like people think that – People will even say, oh, I'm just one person. What can I do about the pollution or what can I do about whatever? It's like you don't even know how powerful you – this is what I'm realizing. You have no idea how powerful you are just being like a connected being walking around in the world. You have no idea the impact that you have on other people and the way that that impacts the world, the way that that inspires other people to take action and take steps and just wake them up. Like – so that was really beautifully said. And also, Leah, I got a vision while you were talking that you were going to write some sort of book. Have you ever thought about writing a book? My whole life. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I saw it very like mystical and beautiful. I kind of saw like the Kim Kranz, like wild spirit, um, uh, her like journals, but like you, you. Actually my vibe. Like her art is so my vibe. Yeah. Death. Cool. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's always something that's brewing. I just I have so much going on in in my inner world that um, anytime I've set out, by the time I get to like page two, I'm like I'm a whole different person. I don't <laughs> <laughs> all in good time. Yeah, all in good time. Um, Ambie, that well, is amazing. <laughs> um, Ambie, anything from you? Before no, we wrap up. I think you ended it beautifully. Yeah. Thank you, Leah, so much for being here. And 
We're so excited to be with you again in person in September in Texas at the Canyon of the Eagles, which is definitely going to be a very mystical, beautiful space for us to have our Lioness Leadership Retreat. Um, I will be there. Ambie will be there. Leah will be there. And Leela, our Money March um, money coach, business coach, who you've all raved, ranted and raved, not ranted, raved about. Um will be there uh, kind of doing her thing and helping everyone really, really level up and expand their perception of, of what's possible. Um, and Leah will be leading ceremony. I will be doing EFT. And we will doing Am- – I can't speak. Am- standing aside while John comes in. And then <laughs> John will be there. Relaying uh, messages from above. So. <laughs> it will be a beautiful experience. So if you're interested, we only have five spots left as of now, and we actually have two people that are on deck. So um, if this is of interest to you, then the, the link to the retreat will be in the show notes. We do have payment plans. Um, so check that out and shoot us an email if you're interested so we can save your spot. It's innerbloompodcast at gmail.com. Um, we love you so much. And until next time, keep on blooming. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye everyone. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within.